You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, the Cowboys haven't signed anybody today, and it makes it feel like it's a slow day after the Cowboys dominated the second week of free agency. <laughs> dominated. It, it, this, is, this is crazy, right? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's the, the, they got the owners' meeting going on, so there's like a little bit of news coming here and out. And I, I would imagine that uh, there's going to be a little bit of a lull while this is particularly going on. But I would, not, every year. Yeah. I would not be surprised if we you know, came back. Uh, a little bit later in the week or maybe next week and, and things were started picking right back up where they were. Yeah, this is what typically happens. The NFL slows down a little bit this week. Uh, we'll get a little bit more of some free agent stuff over the next week or so. And then it'll basically be a full push towards the draft and kind of free agency will stop and then it'll pick back up again in, in May. So we've got a busy couple weeks coming up uh, here at the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Today we are going to preview some safeties that could potentially be targets for the Cowboys at pick 58. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to give a little update on George Iloka. Today it was announced, uh, his contract details. He got the vet minimum deal from the Cowboys. I believe it's uh, a $780,000 deal against wow. the cap. 900000 total. Only, I think, 300000 in guarantees. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but uh, we kind of figured it wasn't going to be a lot of money for Iloka, but having it come in at such a low number is a massive win for the Cowboys, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, this is actually the first time hearing about it. I didn't get a chance to see that this morning. But, yeah, that's to get to get a guy like – I mean, Iloka's not a bad player. To get him at not a at vet, mi- vet minimum is a you know, starter-level player uh, or you know, at least a serviceable player there. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I think it's it's a huge win for the Cowboys. Yeah, we talk about this a lot, but contracts and stuff are super important in the NFL. So even if you're getting Iloka as a third safety on a vet minimum contract, that's a win. I, but I think there's a chance he ends up being your starting safety, starting strong safety on day one. So uh, just another excellent signing for the Cowboys in free agency. I've listen, I've been critical of what they've done in the past. But I think they've kind of figured this out now that if you're not going to pay for elite free agents, don't give a lot of money to the mid-tier guys. They've gotten in trouble before when they've paid like Deontay Thompson's and the Nolan Carroll's and the Cedric Thornton's. They're being more patient now. They're getting guys like Iloka, Hyder, uh, and even Randall Cobb on really team-friendly deals. So uh, kudos to the Cowboys front office. Anything to add there before we, we move on? Nothing other than the fact that I find it funny that you mentioned Deontay Thompson. We're about to talk about Deontay Thompson. Yeah, a, a different Deontay <laughs> Thompson. That's a segue for us. So let's go ahead and start with the Alabama safety. Uh, Thompson was a guy that got a lot of praise early on in the draft process. I remember uh, a couple big guys at ESPN had him inside their top 15 prospects. He seemed to fall down a little bit in the consensus rankings. Uh, what did you see on tape from Thompson, Landon? Well, I think he's you know more of a uh, uh, a free safety type than a strong safety type. I mean, I think he could probably uh, you know d- do both 
to be sure, but I definitely would prefer him as a strong safety. Type. I mean, I mean, as a single safety high type, I loved him last year. I mean, I loved mm-hmm. his tape last year and coming into the season, I was high on the guy. Um, you know, just to kind of give you my notes, tall, a bit uh, swelt up top, uh, svelte up top. He's kind of skinny, uh, but long limbed, rangy build. Uh, fantastic when the ball is in the air, tracks it, high points, wins at the po- at the apex with long arms and strong hands. Uh, he's a chance taker. Sometimes it works great, sometimes not. He, he but when he sees it, he pulls the trigger, and um, and uh, you know whether it finishes it or not is. Uh, sometimes you know it can be 50 50 uh, sure. good at tackling uh, uh good at tackling on as a ta- t- taking on as a ta- tackles with his long arms um he's a he's a traits player i think because he's he's still i don't think his instincts are still all the way there um and i think that the consistency will be what sets his floor in the nfl Mm-hmm. Because I think he has the traits, the ability. I mean, he's definitely the guy that you that the scout would tell you if you've seen him do it once, you know that he can do it again. This is that guy. The problem is reducing the number of negative plays, which I think he can do, uh, but it, it it still is you know a a, a uh, you know it's still a development area for him. It's still uh, uh, you know a, a place where he needs to kind of clean that up to kind of. Set like I said, set the floor on where he's going to be as a player. Uh, he seems like a freelancer at times, a little uh, bit. Yep. Yeah, it's impressive to see him to be able to do what he does uh, at times with his with his feet all over the place. His feet, he doesn't have great footwork. You know, his, his feet kind of get wild, and, and but he still is able to cover a ton of ground. It's just like he, it's like he just. It's interesting because he's an Alabama player, you know, and you think you. You watch him, and you want him to play with more technique, you know. And it's and that's that's where I feel mm-hmm. like his technique is inconsistent at times. Um, and so I, I I feel like that's and that so that makes you wonder. Well, I mean, he's getting this coaching at Alabama for God's sake. So right. you know, is is this something that is just not going to improve, or what's you know what's going on there? So that's something I feel like uh, is is added a lot of uncertainty. Uh, in his evaluation. Uh, sometimes he sees it, uh, reacts in an instant and makes the play, and other times he looks like his processor is overloaded and he's freezing, you know, like he's just frozen mm-hmm. in place to a certain degree. Um, I'll bet on this guy based on what he does well being hard to teach and what he doesn't do well I think you can fix. My only, uh, you know, kind of addendum to that note is that you know, I feel like there should be a certain amount of talking to these this guy's coaches, uh, figuring out exactly how this guy. I mean, he plays at a high level for a guy that doesn't have great footwork technique. Is the footwork technique something that he's just never going to learn, or you know, what's what's going on there? Is that just something that we're going to have to deal with uh, with the reality of this player? Those are all questions I'd have. Um, he's a very difficult evaluation. I feel like I think he's. I think he's, especially since you still don't know any numbers on the guy yet. Um, I just think he's he's really difficult because I feel like his ceiling could be incredibly high, but I really have very little feel on what his floor is like. See, I struggle with him a little bit too because I think 
Please correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think he can play strong safety in the NFL. I just don't think he's big enough. And he's, I actually don't. He's just too thin. Like he's too. Yeah. Like he's not. He's and he's just built like he's built like a free safety. You know, he's Absolutely he's right. built like a rangy, long long limbed guy who can cover a lot of ground to the back end. You know. I'm going to give you three players that I, I kind of wrote down in my notes, and you tell me which player you think best describes Deontay Thompson from your film study. Are you ready? Marcus Williams, Eddie Jackson, Reggie Nelson. Of those three, which player do you think he plays the most like? Mar- Marcus Williams, for sure. Yeah, and I, uh. that's kind of the one I, I kind of go back to because if you keep him as that deep center fielder or even in a cover two, I thought his instincts were good enough in that. I, I, I don't know what kind of athlete it is. I, I think he's an okay athlete. I wouldn't say he's an elite athlete by any measure. But it seems like he has a pretty good feel on how to play that deep free safety position. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, again, I really feel like Marcus Williams, I felt like, had a little bit more consistency in his instincts, I think, when he came out. Um, Sure. I I think that this guy uh, can be that and more. I think he could probably be more, uh, a better version of Marcus Williams eventually. Um, But I think that... I mean, I say that. I still haven't seen his numbers. But just by looking on tape, he is impressive. He is very good at when the ball is in the air. Um, really good. Yep. Yeah. Like, and, and if he can, you know, get his consistency up, I, I, I would not at all be surprised to see this guy, like, be a turnover machine. All right. But, let's uh, – oh, go ahead. But, but I would just say, yeah, like, I, I, I think the problem is is that his play is just wildly inconsistent, and 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 it's like and you have to think that that's tied at times to his uh, to coaching or to his, his lack of taking coaching because part of it is like I said, simple technique of his footwork, and part of it is his processor getting frozen, like when he sees things in front of him, which to me reads like he's either overthinking or not thinking enough. There, I, I think he's overthinking I, I, when he just. When he knows where the ball is going and he has a good idea of what's happening in front of him, I mean, he's fantastic. But I think it is one of those things where he overthinks a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's quickly kind of discuss how he would fit on the Cowboys roster. So let's assume the Dallas drafts him at 58. Where does he fit in in the safety group? Well, it's tough. I mean, I think that, you know, I think that they would probably – rotate him and Woods in the back ends. And, and, and I think, you know, maybe you don't want to take Woods off the field, so maybe Woods takes on more of a role as a nickelback, you that's know, possible, and, yeah. and, and and that sort of thing, or, you know, more three safety looks. I, I think that him and Woods kind of are – have interchangeable skill sets to a certain degree, except Woods at this point is a more consistent player. I mean, just by virtue of having played the position in the NFL longer. Um, sure. And I also think that Woods, to me, is the guy that I think is a breakout candidate for next season. So I, I think it'd be tough for me to take him off the field for Deontay. Is Thompson. there the potential that maybe the Cowboys are thinking a little bit into the future that you know Anthony Brown is in the last year of his contract? Um, Jordan Lewis is entering the third year of his deal. I mean, the Cowboys almost traded him last year. Is there maybe the idea that? Hey, if we get a, a topper free safety, maybe we could make Xavier uh, Xavier Woods our full time slot corner. Is that something they could potentially consider? I, I mean, I don't know if the idea of putting him full time at slot corner is is 
is like in the cards, but I definitely think the idea of them leveraging Woods' versatility to play that position and other safeties to play that position as well uh, is something that they're interested in, and, and that potentially leads me to believe that they are interested in doing some uh, three-safety looks and that sort of thing. I agree. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next cornerback. Or so, sorry, safety. Maybe I was a Freudian slip a little bit. Uh, maybe. But, uh, Juan Thornhill from Virginia mm. uh, absolutely dominated the NFL Combine. Six foot, two hundred five. Ran a four four two. Had a forty four inch vertical. A one forty one inch broad jump. The only player in the NFL that has similar numbers, Byron Jones. Huh. What do you think about uh, Juan Thornhill, Landon? Uh, I'm I'm not as hyped as him as I feel like a lot of uh, as I feel like a lot of you know draft Twitter is or or a lot of other people. I I think he's incredible athlete, um, and and maybe I need to go back and watch you know more tape on this on this guy. I, I don't know, but to me, you know he. I'm assuming you're projecting him as a free safety or as, you know, as a guy who can also do a lot of what we talked about with Deontay Thompson where, you know, he's kind of a a nickel back safety type guy, you know. Um, you know, he kind right. of he clears traditional uh metrics for the for modern safety, he's 6 feet, 205. I mean, those are all fine numbers for the for the position. Um he's you know, Instantly explosive, insanely explosive. Uh, he, he seems to stay flat-footed for a moment at the snap. His playing style, a little bit, yeah. It's very interesting because he just he stays flat-footed at the snap for like a moment, and then once he decides where he's going, he explodes and is running at a speed that's extremely impressive uh, to where to where he needs to go. Now, I don't know, like how what that is going to mean i didn't see him change direction very well i felt like um i I felt like there were times when he and i i also think that that might be part of the reason he plays like that is to avoid taking missteps because he that's one part of his game that he he may not you know, he would rather. Do you think he's more on... like a, a linear athlete than a guy that's yeah. quick in and out of breaks? Yeah, and so I don't know that I want that. This is where I struggle, kind of where to play him because if you watch the tape, he plays a ton of kind of linebacker. Mm-hmm. In, you know, at, at Virginia, he doesn't play a lot of. See, uh, I as know where I'm playing him. I, I, I know where I'm playing him. He he's a guy that I'm using to cover tight ends, and that's. <laughs> I think when you use, I mean, I like his size again, six mm-hmm. foot two hundred five, and with that athleticism and explosiveness, he doesn't necessarily need to be able to change directions super quickly to cover those bigger tight ends. So that's that's what I'm using. And you mentioned as him, you know, playing a lot of snaps in the box. I think he's pretty comfortable there. I actually have less questions about him in the box than I do as like a free safety type. So if I'm drafting him, I'm using him in that Byron Jones role that we saw in the first. What three years of his career? Where put him in the box, ask him to cover tight ends, and then just leave him alone. Make his assignment nice and simple for him. But but I want see that's see that's my issue is that I worry about. I think he's infinitely blockable, and, and he's got like you know he doesn't have great length. 
you know. So I, I, I worry about his ability to, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying. He could be a tight end eraser, you know, to a certain degree. But I think he would also have to grow into that role to a certain degree. And the other part of that is, I mean, what happens if he gets run at? Which you know, if he's going to be down there, it's going to happen. I just, I don't, I don't. Yeah, love he doesn't this love guy. the tackle, even though having no. even having ninety eight tackles last year, it's not a strength of his. Yeah, and taking on blocks, like I mean, if he's playing down to the box, people are going, they're going to throw blocking schemes at him. I don't know that, I don't know that I love him there. Um, yeah, I I struggled with him a little bit. I think he's an incredible athlete. I think he can do some things for you. Uh, I, I think I would definitely take him. I, I guess my question is where, because I, I don't know that I could take him. I mean, he's a he's a late day two, early day three guy for me, probably. Because see, I think uh, like, we're going to disagree a little bit here. Where where do you see him? I think that's a guy that <laughs> I think he's going to end up going as a top forty pick in the draft when it's oh all said and done. Oh my god! See, that's crazy to me. I mean, well, unless unless you're putting him at corner. Wait, like at a cover, like cover three corner, like or Which, something like that. Like maybe because I feel like, but I don't, dude. Like, oof. You're talking That's, about a guy that. Listen, I'll make the case for him really quickly. Please. Thir- Thirty-nine pass breakups over the last three years. Thirteen interceptions. Uh, Two hundred eight tackles again. His production is incredible, and and and, and, and it, pass deflections and interceptions do seem to translate to the NFL. I will concur with that. Right. And when and when you get a guy that's that athletic, those guys typically don't last very long in the draft, especially ones that have versatility to play multiple positions. I mean, we just laid out, what, three different positions you could play between a cover three cornerback, maybe a tight end stopper, maybe a box safety. Um, could, pu- I, could play. Could play. Could play. Clay. I think he's a guy that's worth gambling on in the second round because you just don't see this this guy with this many traits. It, for the Cowboys, if you put him in Chris Richard's scheme, and what I don't care what position, you get a, you get him with a, a solid defensive coordinator that knows how to develop defensive backs. I, it would not shock me at all. If this is a guy that routinely, you know, is a starter that you know maybe gets three or four interceptions a year. I, I, I just think there's so much upside here, and I know I know there's a lot of clunky things in his technique and his footwork, uh, but this is the kind of guy that you want to gamble on in the second or third round. Yeah, I I know it's a little bit of risk. I understand that. But at this point in the draft, you're not going to get clean prospects and perfect prospects. So I am going to gamble a little bit on the traits I, here at this point. I'm on board with using him as kind of a tight end eraser. I just don't know what I'm do with, doing with him when he's not doing that. It's, and, it's a and, fair point. And that's, I don't know if I could pay that much for a it, guy like that. It, it's a fair point. Um, let's go ahead and go to our last safety that we're going to talk about today, and this is going to be a fun one. Hmm. Let's talk about Jonathan Abram, uh, the safety from Mississippi State. Lennon, I'll let you go first. What did you see on film from Abram? Man, I, I mean, I think I think you and I have discussed this guy before, but I, uh, I, I don't, I don't like this guy. Like, I, I, or at least I don't like him nearly where people are talking about him. Well, I don't know if you saw this today, but Mel Kuyper said he's a top 20 player in his class. Oh my god, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's top 20 in the entire... Wait, not, not safety, but in the entire class? In the entire class. 
that's total. I mean, to me, that's totally nuts. I, I and uh, you know, whatever. I guess everyone's got their own um, wrong opinions. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, you know, look. I let's start. Let's just give you the notes. Nice size, long arms. You know, filled out upper body. Right. Uh, he plays a little bit too high cut. He, mm-hmm. you know, he bends at the waist at times with straight legs. Uh, he's got quick pedal. He does have quick, I see, you know, like I could see there's some things that like, because like, he does have a, a very good quick pedal, but again, he's, he plays high in his pedal. Um, didn't see a ton of great click and close with him. You know, it, it felt like it's more about like, you know, wanting to come forward only instead of trying to, change direction suddenly and then come downhill with urgency i think he would rather you know just attack uh i felt he was like look i felt like he was a bit of a pile jumper Mm -hmm. i felt like he was a tackle catcher like not you know you know for a guy that makes his living as a an aggressive physical player i think he tackles physically at times but not all the time uh, but I don't know that he's a uh, physical player. You know, he's a big. He could be a big hitter, but I don't know that he like he's not. I don't know. Like some people clearly have seen it otherwise. I I don't see this boss. You know, like bully in the box type strong safety that would you know that that I think would be worthy of the kind of praise that this guy has received. Uh, I saw a, a lot of him in cover two, um, and mm-hmm. and not a ton of him down in the box. Which, you know, it's not that he can't do that, but it's also it's like we're projecting him to be. I mean, is anyone projecting him to be a free safety? Because no, I'm I can't pretty sure imagine. that no, he's projected almost exclusively as a strong safety. But the guy is not. He's not Cam Chancellor. He's not, nope. you know, uh, even well, Roy Roy Williams like type physical player, right? Like he's. I think he will hit people hard because he can run fast and he's big. But I don't know that he is overly physical. I don't know that I'm, you know, loving him versus tight ends and blocking situations, pulling guards and tackles. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the box. That is really physical, not just you know you getting free runs on five nine, hundred eighty five pound receivers in college. So, and he's also very linear. He feels very linear, like he doesn't he change direction very well. Uh, so I, I got, I mean, I see traits that I think are generally. I can see he has traits that generally, like a safety should have, like really good feet. His pedal's good. But they aren't arranged in a way that, like, you know, he's got a, a strong safety's body, but a free safety's hitting mentality. He's mm-hmm. got a, uh, a he's a linear athlete, uh, and he's and he's heavy, but he's got quick feet. But I mean, that's like that's that's great and everything. But if you got to change direction, that's not great. You know, it's I, I, I and because of that, he tends I see him overrun plays a lot. You know, he because I think he 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 gets outside, he gets all the way out there, and then he can't break down to, to make the tackle. I and saw I don't, a lot of missed tackles, a yeah, lot of missed. I mean, tackles for a guy that's supposed to be a physical, I mean, again, he's a tackle catcher, 
Because because what happens is that if he can't hit you hard, it's because he's overrun it or he's misjudged and he's had to slow down. And then suddenly his slowdown is basically stopped. So now he's in front of the of the, the person he's trying to tackle. And he's just wrapping his arms and bringing him to the ground as the guy is getting an extra two yards kind of running over him, you know? And so... I don't know, man. It's it, he's not one of those guys that like consistently hits you and the play's over. You know, it's right. like it's it's he'll hit you and it, it will be big hit. And there's highlights of him being extremely you know physical tackler. Uh, but I, I mean, he isn't a headhunter. He isn't a a, a a a playmaking you know strong safety like like I don't know like Landon Collins or like I said Cam Chancellor or any of those guys. I I, I think he's just. He's a, he is a strong safety because of his of his uh, you know his limitations, uh, but I mean he, I, he I, I think, struggles to cover. I mean that's that's the thing is yeah. I, you watch. I don't know if you guys see the Iowa game, but man, Iowa picked on him all game long. They were able to get basically whatever they wanted when they targeted him. He got beat on a basically a corner route pretty easily in that game. But um, I'll, I'll just give you a couple of my notes and thoughts on him really quickly. Uh, if you put together a highlight film and you can go to YouTube, the highlights are fantastic. If you watch it with the, the music on it, he looks like one of the best safety prospects that we've seen in years. However, you turn on the game film and there's a lot of missed tackles. There's a lot of times where he's getting beat down the field. Um, I know the comp for him from a lot of people is Keanu Neal, and I just don't see that. Well. Neal was like basically an extra linebacker down in the box that was so good at making tackles and so reliable. I don't see that with Abram. Uh, And he's not like Cam Chancellor because he doesn't have that size or that power. So what kind of player is that exactly? Um, The the comp that I gave him, this is a little bit of a blast from the past, is do you remember Matt Elam coming out of of Florida? Yeah, sure, sure. That kind of player where under, you know, I wouldn't say undersized, but not overly big for the position. Fast. Uh, but sometimes will overrun the plays that he needs to make. Uh, I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if he makes a couple Pro Bowls because of his special teams ability. You know, I, I think he could be a demon on special teams. Yeah. But yeah, is I he a guy that. that I want to take in the top 50 of a draft? I don't know. That seems like a stretch for me. That's a huge stretch. I, I, I mean, I'm not taking this guy – I mean, positional value included in, in, with this stuff. Like, I'm not taking this guy in the third round. I'm, the I mean, thing that, I, I the need thing day that three me for is, this guy for me. Like, other, I, I yeah. don't like him. The other thing that bothers me is this tackling technique is so inconsistent. I mean, a lot of times he'll try to use his head or his shoulders, and he won't wrap up. And that makes me really nervous because when he's trying to tackle bigger guys in the NFL, well, it, that's I, not always going to fly. His short area explosion is, is not great. Like no, it's he, not. He, he's and that's you know that's the thing is that you could sprint all the way across the field, but if you can't stop or change direction or explode, then you're going to be doing exactly what this guy's doing: overrunning tackles, being too getting too far outside, or you get there, you manage to slow down in time enough to be there, uh, and and then the only, your only recourse because you've used up all your explosion is to wrap your arms around the guy and, and catch him and hope, and hope that you can drag him to the ground. And, and I, you know, again, like that's all well and good. I mean, I, I guess you, there are, there's, this guy has value in the NFL. Absolutely. Like yes, he is going to play in the NFL, but I have no doubts about it. Um, he probably will be a starter for some team at some point, you know, and, and probably early. But I'm not paying. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not drafting him in the 
the first three rounds. Like, I personally just don't feel it. Like, I, I, again, uh, that's just my my thought process after seeing the guy. I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinion. But sure. I, I think reading some of the things I've read on, about this guy, I think people are crazy. Like, I just do not see that type of player, especially, again, especially given the, the type of value that you're going to be getting and, and the type of other player that likely will be there for the Cowboys, specifically at 58, but I think for other teams, the idea of taking this guy in the first two rounds to me is Yeah, is there, there's there's several safeties that I like better. And actually, we didn't even get to a couple of them today. We'll have to do another show on uh, some, of the, no. yeah, some of the other ones because – uh, we didn't talk about Taylor Rapp, who I know has a lot of fans, and I'm one of those. And Savage. Darnell Savage is a guy that we've talked about a little bit. Um, so we'll we'll talk about some of those other safeties later. But before we go, really quickly, Landon, mm. let's kind of rank these safeties. Thompson, Abram, Thornhill, how do you have them? Well, I mean, it's tough because uh, I think my thought thinking on uh, – uh, my thinking about the, the whole – situation of 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 with Xavier Woods and everything it kind of bleeds into this a little bit but if it didn't if if I was just ranking these guys on uh, if I was going out and trying to get the best safety uh I I think I would rather take my chances with Deontay Thompson um, and Juan Thornhill and probably in that order well I, I, it just I th- depends. It so yeah. much depends on your roster and but, what yeah, you're I looking for because they're they're different players for sure. So, I, but I definitely like those two guys, Thornhill and Thompson, above Abram. I, I would agree. I think Thompson and Abram are close for me. I think you could tell yourself a story for either one of those and be pretty happy. In fact, if Thompson gets to the Cowboys at 58, that's probably the guy I'll be pushed for because it's just so rare to find those free safety types. I can find a role for Xavier Woods in other situations. So. Uh, I'd go Thompson, Thornhill, Abram. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Cowboys, And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. (laughs) 